You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. I need to get into this word. I need to know, did anybody come for the word of God tonight? Come on, did anybody come, not just for free pizza, not just because we were going to have silent disco after, but you came to hear a word from God. Make some noise with me. Come on. Okay. Okay. I've got a word I'm super excited to share with you. I've got a burden. I'm ready to deliver it. Um, so I need to challenge you to do something. Do whatever you need to do to lean in with me tonight. We say this every week at New Song Students. We want to lean in. So that takes a posture, whether that's you getting your phone out to take notes or a journal or maybe notes and your phone distracts you and you just need to lock in with me for the next 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Do that. Do whatever you need to do to hear God tonight. Every single time we come into this room, it's an opportunity to hear the living God speak to us. Does anybody believe that? Okay, let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. I want to talk to you about a topic. I'm going to get to it in a second, but we're going to look at two passages of scripture tonight. So if you're taking notes, you can write it down. The first one's in Acts chapter one, and the second is in 1 Corinthians chapter two. We'll get to that second one in a second. And before I read these two passages, I want you to know, we say this every, every Wednesday at New Song Students, but uh, we like our, our messages chunky. We... <laughs> I'm just giving you a heads up. We like our messages chunky. And that means that we don't just read a single verse from the Bible. We read chunky scripture. We like, we like our scripture chunky. So when, you, when I'm reading a big passage, don't freak out. Okay? Calm down. It's okay. Don't freak out. Just follow along with me. Lean in. And I promise you're going to get something out of it. First is in Acts chapter 1. Y'all hanging in with me? Okay. The context of this passage is it is after the cross, okay? After the cross, Jesus has already lived the perfect life. He's already called the disciples. He's already healed the sick, cast out demons, done all the Jesus things, died on the cross. But remember, we know he didn't stay dead. He rose again. The power of the Holy Spirit lifted his body out of the grave. And so in Acts chapter 1, we find the resurrected Jesus. This is Jesus who was once dead. Now he's actually alive, not like a ghost real body, real skin, Jesus walking around. In fact, it says before this passage that he was walking around for 40 days showing people that he was the real deal, that he was Jesus. And this is what happens. Look at this. Follow along with me on the screen. It says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave. Somebody say, do not leave. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, do not leave. What I want you to see right here is Jesus is not, he's not suggesting something to the disciples. He's not like telling the disciples, hey, it might be good, just, just hinting, might help you a little bit if you wait because you're going to receive something really cool. No, he says a command. Does that make sense? He says, do not leave, okay? So this is serious business. If Jesus commands us to do something, that's a big deal. Do not leave because then you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I want to jump to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Y'all there with me if you're following along? This is going to be a chunky passage, so hang in with me. Read it along. But this is a really good passage, and it tells us what the Holy Spirit does 
for us. Y'all want to know what the Holy Spirit does for us? I'm going to show it to you. Check this out. Look at this. It says, now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So that's a problem. If I want to know God, but I can't know God because no one knows the thoughts of God except God, what do I do? Well, check this out. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. Y'all hanging in with me? I got a couple more verses for you. It says this, but the person without the Spirit, so this is super important, the person without the Holy Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who knows the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Somebody say, I I have the mind of Christ. Okay. I want to give you my main, my main focus for tonight, my main burden, and then I want to pray, and we're going to get into this. As I was praying for tonight, I was thinking about how we are going to have a lot of people. We are going to pack the house tonight, which clearly you have done. So proud of you guys. So thankful you're here. And I was just being realistic in my mind, because I like to do that sometimes. I don't know if it's pessimistic or realistic, or are they the same thing? I don't know. But I was thinking, man, there's going to be a lot of first-time people here tonight who have never heard what our church is all about, what New Song Students is all about. And if I'm just being honest, not all of you guys are going to come back, and that's okay. I'm not saying you have to come back. I'm not saying I'm going to be offended if you don't come back. I'm just being honest and real. And that's okay. And so I thought, man, if I have one shot, if I've got one message I want you to know, it needs to be something important, right? It needs to be something that's essential, something that's necessary for you to hear. So I kept thinking and hearing about this word, essential things. What is an essential thing about our church, our faith, about what God has called us to do? So what I want to talk to you about tonight is essentials. If you're taking notes, write that down. Essentials. And I believe that there are some people here tonight that you're going to receive something essential for your walk with God. You've been trying to do this thing, this Christian life, this, this working out your faith, walking with God in your own strength, and it's not working. And I want to show you there's a reason why. And for some of you, you've been walking with God for quite some time now, but you're looking for something deeper. This message is for you. Essentials. Everybody say essentials. Okay, before we get into it, let's pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father God, I thank you so much for every single person in this room. I thank you that you know every single heart that's here. You knew that we'd be here last week, two weeks ago, a month ago. You knew this night was coming because, Father God, you are all-knowing. And you know every single thing that we came in carrying. You know where we're, we're struggling. You know where we're lacking. You know every detail, detail about our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this space, and I pray that you would speak to every single student. Show us what we're missing. Show us what we can find only in you. Show us the power of essential things tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, 
Amen. Okay, talking about essentials, talking about things that are crucial, absolutely necessary, important. This year um, was a, quite the year of breakthrough for your pastor, Pastor Jackson. Had a breakthrough year, okay? Um, I had a breakthrough year because I realized um, this year, 26 years into my life, that I've been walking through my life without something that is actually essential to me. I found that out this year, 26 years. Took me a long time to get here. But I had breakthrough because I found out I was missing something, um, and it's these things. It's my glasses. It's these things. I went 26 years of my life not wearing glasses and realizing this year, your boy needs some glasses. Now, how many of you know it's hard, it's hard and it's also really good uh, to walk through life when you finally have an essential in your life. Like, how many of you know, like, think about some things that are essential uh, for, my, for my dudes in the house. Deodorant is an essential thing for you, okay? It's not optional. Not optional. It's essential. Toothpaste, that's an essential thing. You don't want to come up to altar ministry tonight and your leader hasn't brushed their teeth and they're just pizza breath all over you, right? That's not good. Essential things are important. Well, this year I realized... I had gone 26 years of my life uh, without an essential thing, and that's my glasses. Now, growing up, you know, my family, unfortunately, we didn't have health insurance growing up, and so um, I didn't grow up going to the doctor for, like, routine visits, routine checkups. My dad, you know, he worked his butt off so that my brother, my sister, and I could have a great life, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so we just didn't really have the money to have health insurance or go to the doctor regularly. And like, if you went to the doctor, it's because you needed it. Like, you better need it if we're going to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? And, and we went to the hospital a couple times because I broke my arm twice and like cracked my head open once. But we didn't go to the hospital unless you needed it, right? Absolutely necessary. In fact, I remember one time my brother in high school cut his finger open. I don't remember how. It was like, you know, with a knife or like a can or something. And have you ever gotten cut where it's not like too serious, but it's like just enough where you don't know, should I go to the hospital? Like if you went to the hospital, they would probably at least give you like one or two stitches. You know, that kind of cut. In high school, my brother cut his finger like that. And and the first thing my dad said to him was like, let's just throw a bandaid on it. It wasn't like, hey, are you okay? Do you think we need to go to the hospital? He's like, nah, do you need to go? Because I think we could just slap a Band-Aid on it and call it a day. You know what I'm talking about? That was my dad. That was kind of the family I grew up in. We didn't go to the hospital because that was for bougie people, okay? And uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we definitely, listen to me here. We definitely didn't go to the optometrist because that was bougie. Get an eye doctor? What? No, we don't go to the eye doctor. So because of that, Because I never went to the eye doctor growing up, um, I grew up just believing that I had perfect vision. And uh, I don't know, I don't know where I got, got this, but at some point, you know how when you're a kid, you brag about really dumb stuff to your friends? Well, when I was a kid, I started telling people I had 20-20 vision. I didn't know what 20-20 vision was. And I never had a doctor tell me that I had 20-20 vision. I was just like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I got 20-20 vision. And so I was telling people, I had 20-20 vision, I've got perfect vision, but I actually had no idea what I was missing um, until this year. Now, um, I say all that, you know, uh, to say, when you go through life without something that's absolutely necessary for you, you begin to make adjustments to your life so that you can see. You begin to make adjustments in your own strength 
so that you can see when really I needed glasses the whole time. I needed glasses, that's the power I needed, but I had to make adjustments in my own strength because I didn't have the power. So I would do things like, um, I started squinting really early on in age, like squinting to see TVs and squinting to see like the whiteboard in school. Didn't even realize I did any of these adjustments, by the way, until I got married, which when you get married, guys, just a heads up, your wife's gonna ask you this question constantly. Why do you do that? Why do you do that thing? And you're gonna say, this is gonna be your response. Uh, I don't know. That's how I've always done it. And this is what my wife started doing. She started saying, hey, do you know you squint like really hard all the time? Another thing that I noticed, this was an adjustment that I had to start making. I had to start getting really close to things so I could see. Now, I had no idea I did this until I got married to my wife, Haley. And one day we were in a message together where, you know, we're doing what you guys are doing, listening to a message. And the pastor said a really good quote and I wanted to write it down, so this is what I did. And I got like an inch away from my notebook to adjust my vision so I could see, and I started writing, and Haley was like, hey, do you know that you like completely bend over to see your notes? Like, why do you do that? And I was like, I don't know, that's just how I write notes. That's just what I do, it's a Jackson thing. She was like, I don't think you can see. And I was like, I've got 20-20 vision, Haley. <laughs> I've got 20-20 vision. So I had to squint to see. I had to make that adjustment. I had to adjust my posture. I had really terrible posture so I could see. Another adjustment I made was, you know, when I started working at New Song, it was my first ever job where, you know, I started to spend a lot more time like at an office desk and like writing messages and staring at a screen all day. And this is really where I started to notice, okay, something is up with your boy's eyes. Because I would start to go home with like really terrible headaches. My neck would hurt. And I started thinking, oh, it's because my, my room is too dark. I used to work with David Terry, and he likes his office like a cave, super dark. And I started blaming David Terry on my eyesight problems. And I was like, it's too dark in here. And then I thought, well, no, it's my laptop. It's too small. So then I got a big monitor for my desk. And then when I got a big monitor, I couldn't see even more, right? And so all of this culminated until last year when Haley and I, we were in the hospital for, uh, for our daughter coming into the world, and Haley is sitting on the bed. She's waiting for the baby to come. We're super excited, and she reads a sign across the room uh, that's a piece of paper, and she's reading it, and I was telling her, I cannot read a single thing that's on that paper. And she was like, you can't read that, Jackson? It's right there. And I was like, I cannot read it. And so she's like, can you read this sign over here? And she's like, we're having like a little eye doctor exam in the hospital. And I could not read anything. I could not read anything, y'all. And so long story short, we left the hospital realizing, okay, I need to go see the eye doctor. So I went to the eye doctor. I got glasses. And I realized the second I put these glasses on, I had been missing out on something essential. I had been missing out on something that was absolutely necessary for me to see. And because I was missing out on something that was absolutely necessary for me to see, I didn't have this kind of power, I had to make adjustments on the outside that actually didn't fix the problem. They actually just made it a lot harder for me, right? And so I say all of that to say this. I say this, the gift that Jesus lets us in on that he tells the disciples in Acts chapter 1 is absolutely necessary. It's a gift. It's a power that's absolutely necessary if you and I are going to be effective Christians, effective disciples. Now, maybe you find yourself here tonight and you've grown up in a church church 
where, you know, you hear a lot about Father God. We love Father God. We're tight with Father God. We love uh, God the Son. We love Jesus. Jesus is cool. But the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I don't know about the Holy Spirit. Like he's for people who are loud and weird and chaotic and right, shout and worship. And for those crazy Christians, I'm just gonna hang over here with Father God and, and God the Son, Jesus, because we tight. But what I want you to know tonight, New Song students, is you actually can't have God the Father and you can't have God the Son, Jesus, without the Holy Spirit. It's a three-package deal. God is letting us know that uh, the Holy Spirit is essential. Write that down if you're taking notes. Point number one is this. The Holy Spirit is essential, absolutely necessary. Now, the book of Acts, that's my favorite book in the Bible. When you read the book of Acts, uh, we're literally witnessing the birth of Christianity. We're, we're, we're reading about the birth of the church, this family of God. And what we're seeing is uh, the disciples, the apostles, and all of these early Christians doing what God put us on this earth to do. And that's to do what? Bring kingdom down, bring heaven down, to see this world shaked, to see people healed, set free, come to know God as their savior. When you're reading the book of Acts, what we're really seeing is what it looks like to be a Christian. Really, we're, we're seeing what it looks like to be an effective Christian. I'm just curious. Is there anybody who wants to be an effective Christian in this house tonight? Okay, good, good. Okay. Well, I want to show you two different scenarios real quick in the book of Acts where um, some of the apostles, they figure out that some people got saved. They found out that these people got saved. They're believers now. They're a part of the family of God. And I want to show you this like checklist they go through with them that shows us that we need this thing to be an effective Christian. Check this out. Acts chapter 8. Y'all hanging in with me? Acts chapter 8, look at this. It says this, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. So some people in Samaria got saved. Peter and John, they're going to say, what's up? Welcome to the family, okay? So they go say hi to them. Look at this. As soon as they arrived, the first thing they did, look at this. They prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. That's pretty crazy. The first thing they did, they didn't say, hey, we're so glad you're part of the family. That's awesome. How many, how many books of the Bible you read yet? How much scripture you've been reading? No, the first thing they said is, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers, and then they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so do you see this pattern? They come. Hey, we're super stoked that you're believers, but you're missing something. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the first thing they did. I want to show you this happen again, but in a totally different story. Acts chapter 19. This is a little chunky. Y'all okay with chunky? Okay, Acts chapter 19. You can follow along with me on the screen. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. So same thing. There's some believers. Paul's going to say hi to them. What's up? Welcome to the family. Look at this. First thing Paul says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Are you seeing a pattern here? First thing he said to them, did you see, receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, no, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. 
Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Look at this. This is super important, students. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So I want you to see this pattern. This is super, super important. For Peter, the Holy Spirit was... Let's try that again. For Peter, the Holy Spirit was... That's right. For Paul... Which, by the way, the dude who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, which is two-thirds of the New Testament more than I've written, and two-thirds more than you've written, that guy, for him, the Holy Spirit was not optional. He was essential. The Holy Spirit was essential. Now, I don't know if you've read the book of Acts. I don't know if you've ever read it before. But if you do, and I strongly encourage you to, you're going to realize that all the Christians in this book are dope. Like, they are spiritual gangsters. No, I'm not joking. The people in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, the family of God are absolute gangsters when it comes to following God. They are effective Christians. We see in the book of Acts, thousands of people get saved in one instance. We see people healing other people, doing what Jesus did, doing acts like Jesus did, and like he said, and greater. There's a story in Acts, where we hear about Paul, or no, sorry, Peter, and he is so filled up with the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit, that people are lining lame and sick people on the street so that Peter's shadow would touch them and they would be healed. How crazy is that? That's power. Somebody say, that's power. Peter was so filled up with the Holy Spirit that healing was bursting out. All of these amazing works were, were bursting out. Christians in the book of Acts were superheroes. And can, I, can we be real New Song students? Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about Christians out there. I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about you. Sometimes when we compare ourselves to the Christians in the book of Acts, let's be honest, we look kind of weak. We look kind of powerless, right? And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about me too. Like sometimes I have to muster up the courage to pray for my meal at a restaurant so I don't offend anybody. How crazy is that, Right? I don't know about you, but I want to be an effective Christian. Do you want to be an effective Christian? I want to have a walk with God that is deep and intimate and powerful like the Christians we see in the book of Acts. Does anybody else want that? And really, at the end of the day, if we're not seeing this kind of power, if we're not seeing this kind of change happen, then like, what are we doing? If we're just coming into New Song students to pack the house and have fun and shout down here and we leave different or we leave the same than we came in, we never change and then we graduate and just go do our own thing and we don't have an intimate walk with God, what are we doing, right? We need the power. I'm telling you, we need the power. And I think the reason why we see a difference in power is because we've made the Holy Spirit optional when he's actually essential, I'm going to say that again because that was real good. You need to write that down. We've made the Holy Spirit optional when he's actually essential. The truth is you cannot, you cannot walk the Christian life. You cannot understand the thoughts of God. You cannot do any of that without the power of the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say? He said, wait. Remember, he didn't suggest to the disciples. He wasn't like, hey, it'd be a good idea if you waited because the Holy Spirit's going to help you a lot and it's going to be a lot harder on yourself. No, he says, 
This is something I command you. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes. I think this is the problem. We've got too many Christians, too many disciples trying to have a relationship with God, trying to make an impact, trying to understand scripture, do all of these things, and we don't have the power. We're trying to do all these things, and we have to do all these things in our own strength because we don't have the power to see. We don't have the power. I feel like the Holy Spirit showed it to me this way. Being a disciple without receiving the Holy Spirit is like discovering you have a sickness, going to the doctor for a diagnosis, and leaving without a prescription. It's like going to the doctor, hey, I'm sick, I need some help, and then leaving without ever receiving the power that's actually going to make you better. And how many of you know if you leave without the power, then you're either stuck waiting it out or doing it all on your own strength? Maybe I'll ice myself and that'll make me feel better. Maybe I'll lift up my leg and that'll make me feel better. You're doing all these things on the outside when really you need a prescription. You need some power. Man, I feel this so strong. There are some Christians in here tonight. There are some of you in here tonight, and I feel you. I've been there before. You're trying to walk this Christian life, and you're, you don't get why it's not clicking. And I'm here to tell you, you're not messed up. It's not because you're doing something wrong. It's not because you're dumb and you just can't understand Scripture. It's because maybe you're lacking the power. Maybe you're lacking the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. What does it say? But the person without the Spirit, when somebody doesn't have the Holy Spirit, does not receive what comes from God, from God's Spirit, because it is foolish to him. Maybe, you've, maybe you're here tonight and you've been trying to understand God's word. You've been trying to get into God's word in your own time, on your quiet time, and it just makes no sense to you. You're left feeling discouraged. Maybe you're here tonight, and let's just be real. You've been trying to fight pornography, which is a real thing. You've been trying to do this thing in your own strength, with your own willpower, and maybe you'll go a day, maybe you'll go a couple days, maybe you'll go a week, but then you'll fall because guess what? You don't have the power to see. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been trying to figure out the direction in your life and you've got so many things coming up. You've got college coming up. You've got this relationship. What, what school do I go to? Who, what person do I date? What do I do? And you're, you're bogged down by the anxieties and the fear that comes with trying to figure out the future in your own strength. And I'm here to tell you, you're not supposed to know in your own strength, but you can know with a power that is a gift to you. You can know. And if this is you, if you find yourself here tonight and you're exhausted by fear or whatever, I'm here to tell you the reason why is not because you're messed up. It's because you need the power. The Holy Spirit is essential. Somebody say essential. essential. Point number two, and I want to invite the band to come up. Uh, the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He gives us the power, but ultimately, he doesn't just give us power. What he does is he helps me see. Yeah. Write that down if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit helps me to see. I want to read that verse that we started off in again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God. So that, so why do we receive the Holy Spirit? This is why, right here. If you have a Bible, underline this. If you're taking notes, write this down. How, what, what does he do? He helps me to understand what has been freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit, just like the power of my prescription, helps me to see what I should be able to see. The Holy Spirit 
is what empowers you to see things that you cannot see in your own strength. And I'm here to tell you tonight, New Song students, if you do not have, if you have not received the power of the Holy Spirit yet, you are stuck like me before I had my glasses. You're stuck trying to do the Christian life, trying to be a good person, trying to understand this thing called the Bible, which is really hard to understand sometimes. You're trying to, you're trying to hear God's voice because you hear, you hear about this all the time at New Song at Church and New Song students. God wants to speak to you. You're trying to do all of these things, but you actually don't have the power to see yet. And what I'm here to show you today is the Holy Spirit is the one that helps you to see that. He's the one that helps you to see what, what choice do I make? What college do I go to one day, Holy Spirit? What person do I need to surround myself with? What conversation do I need to have with my parents? What thing in me, what, what, I'm trying to do this on my own, it's not working. What thing in me do I need to know? What do, what do you need to show me so I can overcome this thing? The Holy Spirit helps me see. And the last point I want you to know is this, how do we get the Holy Spirit? It is literally so simple, couldn't be more simple. This is how good God is. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Do you, do you work for a gift for your Christmas gifts? I know we talk about like, you know, Santa Claus, you got to be good and then you get a gift, but that's not really how it works. You still get gifts if you're bad, right? <laughs> how do you get a gift? You don't do anything. All you do is receive it. The same with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Do not leave Jerusalem. What does Jesus tell the disciples? Does he say, don't leave Jerusalem until you've lived up to the standard I've called you to live? Does he say, don't leave Jerusalem until you have the Torah memorized? Don't leave Jerusalem until you've healed somebody. No, no, no. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, as I told you before. Here's the thing, New Song students. The only way we can receive this gift is by simply receiving. And that's it. It's the same as salvation. You know, when you believe in Jesus, when you give Jesus your heart, you make him the Lord of your life, you didn't do anything to earn that gift. You could never do anything to make God love you any more than he already does right now. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. He's a gift that you can't earn, you can't work for, which is funny because when we don't have the Holy Spirit, we do all of those things. We try to earn the power. We try to work for the power. We try to make adjustments, but you don't have to do that with the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is receive him. And so tonight I wanna invite you, I wanna give you the opportunity to receive him tonight. In fact, right now I wanna invite all of my leaders to come down to the altar. We're gonna go into a time of response. We're gonna hit another song of worship. And here's my challenge to you tonight, New Song students. You know who you are. If you're here tonight and you have been doing this thing, this Christian life, this walk with God in your own strength, you need to come down here. You need to receive this kind of power. You need to do it. In fact, um, in just a second, if that's you, I'm gonna invite you to come down in a second. But if you've been trying to, if you've been trying to struggle your way through your faith, I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong because you need the power and you need to come down here. We're gonna go, in fact, I wanna invite everybody to stand up and worship. We're gonna get ready to go in this final song. And right now, when we do, if that's you, and right now you can start coming down to receive the Holy Spirit. He's a gift, he's for you. If you want, if you know you're here tonight and you need to receive this kind of power, start making your way down. Come on, don't hesitate. Don't let the enemy try to say, hey, look at who's looking at you. Look what you did. You don't, you don't deserve that. I'm telling you right now, if you know you need the power, you need to come down right now. 
And maybe you're here tonight and you actually need to give your life to the Lord. You actually, you have never submitted your life to God. You can do that right now too. But for the rest of us, we're gonna respond to the message. So lift your hands with me. Lift your hands, we're gonna respond. Father God, I thank you so much for this place. I thank you that you give us the power you give us the authority. I thank you that we don't have to do this walk with you in our own strength. We don't have to make adjustments in our own strength. We can receive power from you tonight. And we receive that tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.